0: Storehouse Dallas. As you're receiving those notes, we'll go ahead and get started. We're in Hebrews chapter 12 today, and I've titled this message, An Unshakable Kingdom. Last week we read about this great cloud of witnesses of faith that have gone before us, and the writer of Hebrews has told us to imitate those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. And one of the ways that we build our faith, that we get an idea of what the walk of faith looks like, is by looking at those who have gone before us. And chapter 11 gives us a whole long list. But then it culminates in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, to not only imitating those that have gone before us in the Bible, but Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, that if we fix our eyes on him, that it will release grace and power in our inner man to run the race with endurance. In Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to do a little bit differently than we did last week. Instead of Reading it all the way through, I'm just going to kind of take it one section and then talk about it, and then another section, and then talk about it, and then the final section, talk about it. Um, but what we see at the end of Hebrews 12 is God, is uh, the writer is quoting from the prophet Haggai that God is about to shake the earth once again, and not only the earth, but He will shake heaven. Jesus said that when the sign of the Son of Man appears in the heavens, that the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And there is a, 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 a the day of the Lord, as it is approaching, as it is nearing, God is shaking everything in the earth that can be shaken. And some of us experience personal shaking in our lives. Some of us see shakings in, 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 in the governments of the earth. Some of us see shaking in the world economy. Some of us see shaking in, in every sphere of society. And God is saying, I am the one doing the shaking. Because only by this shaking, only that which is unshakable will remain. And we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So we as sons are called to walk as children of the kingdom of God. Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 12, it is my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom that we've inherited it in him. And he even says he calls the sons of the kingdom. And so that's really the subject of our discussion today of Hebrew 12 as walking as mature sons in an unshakable kingdom. Amen. So we have three parts that we're breaking Hebrews chapter 12 into. We're going to start at verse 3. We have a consideration that the author is going to call us to, something to think about. He has an appeal, an exhortation to give us in light of what he wants us to think about, and then a motivation to carry out that exhortation, that appeal. So let's read Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to start at verse 3. So we left off at verse 2 last week. And it's in the New Living Translation I'm reading from today, which you can find up on your screen or you can follow along in your own Bible. Hebrews 12, verse 3. Think, or consider, all the hostility that he, Jesus, endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as children, as his children? He said, my child, don't take light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you, as he does all of his children, it means that you're illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. We're going to stop there. So Hebrews twelve three through 11, we see this theme of two things, of sonship and of discipline. Sonship and discipline. And what we find in this passage is that the two are so intimately connected. In fact, they can't be separated at all. And this this word discipline here, the Greek word padea. Say padea. This word, we see the word discipline or some type of of scourging or punishment, it says in the New Living. Um, We see that theme occur 11 times in this chapter. Um, and uh, and actually the word uh, uh, I love the new living um, but I, I actually wish it had held to a more literal translation in a few spots in this passage because what's happening in a literal translation of the Greek in Hebrews 12 is not children God disciplining his children but his sons. And this word for son speaks of a mature son. it speaks of an heir to to the father's blessing and the father's inheritance. And so there is this, he is saying that there is a direct connection between sonship and discipline. So let's talk about this word. Um, this, this Greek word padeia. it's the same root word in Greek for the word child and the word training or instruction. Padeia, pado baptism means the baptism of children or of infants. pedagogy. Now I was a voice major in my undergrad, vocal performance, and they had a class of vocal pedagogy, and in vocal pedagogy, from this Greek word pedaia, you are learning the instruction and the mechanics of voice and of sound in your not just in your vocal cord, in your entire body. And I just loved it. I loved the science of everything. And so when when it's talking here about um, God and His discipline, it's 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 training, it's instruction, and He uh, it's used a few ways in the Bible. Ephesians 6.4. Paul says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline, padea, and instruction of the Lord. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. It's profitable for teaching, correction, and training in righteousness. And again, we see it a number of times in this chapter. Um, so true sonship, it says, because it, it says that those the Lord disciplines, that he trains, he instructs those that he loves. And so when, when, when we're getting trained and when God's putting his finger on something and God's teaching us something and, and, and God's correcting the way that we're walking in, our tendency sometimes is to pull back and like, oh, God, no, you're a loving father. Um, you don't correct me. But no, He does. <laughs> Because he wants you to grow. It says he disciplines, he trains, he instructs, he corrects those that he loves. And so the father in his love, we're singing today about we're no longer a slave to fear. We're a child of God, that we're sons. And the spirit of sonship, in order to walk as mature sons in the kingdom of God, we have to embrace this divine instruction, this discipline of our heavenly father who loves us. So true sonship is embracing the training, the discipline that the Lord has for us. You know, it's true that we're already sons. Sonship is a free gift. It's not earned. So we can boldly and confidently stand up and sing that song. I am a child of God. We can sing that day and night and stand before God, singing that to his heart, and it moves his heart because it's true. Galatians 23 I'm sorry, there is no Galatians 23. (laughs) Scratch out that little two in your notes. Galatians 3.26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. How many have faith in Jesus Christ today? Okay, you are sons of God because of faith in Jesus Christ. Already there, same Greek word. Romans 8, 15, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own sons. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You all today, I am, a chi- I am a child of God. It's true. But God wants us as not only sons by the free gift, he wants us to mature in sonship so that as he is shaking everything that can be shaken, we are not being shaken. So that we are stewarding the inheritance that God has for us, both in this age and in the age to come. And if we're to mature as sons in this way, we must embrace this training process the Lord has given us. I'm going to read a couple of more scriptures. Romans eight fourteen in your notes. I'm at the top of page 2. Paragraph H goes all the way to paragraph T in this section. Romans 8:14 All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God or sons of God. And this this verse is important because it's in the context of resisting sinful urges. So if we are not resisting sinful urges, we're being led by the flesh. We're being led by sin. But the sons of God are led out of that sin by the Spirit of God into righteousness. Romans 8:17 And since we are his sons, we're also his heirs. We are sons, we are heirs. God is our father. He is divine, he is full of life and blessing and power and wisdom. And we as sons get to inherit all that belongs to our Father. It's Luke 15. He's saying to his to his to his son, says, Father, you know, you've I've I've worked so hard and, and, and you haven't done anything for me, but your prodigal son comes back and you've given him the robe, you've given him the ring, you've 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 slaughtered the fatted calf. And and, and the father looks at his son and says, Son, all that I have is yours. You are my son too. And so each one of us possess an inheritance. Romans 8 goes on to say, in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. You see, Jesus is the son of God. He's the eternal son of God. In Hebrews 12, 3 says, think about Jesus. Consider Jesus, the Son. Consider what he endured. Consider the hostility he experienced. Consider the suffering he went through. And so by nature, he is the Son of God. He didn't have to do anything to earn it. He is the eternal Son, eternally begotten of the Father. And then he, as he's entering into his ministry, he goes to John the Baptist to be baptized and the voice of the father before he does any miracle, before he does any work of ministry, the father declares over him, you are my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. So he's already a son. He didn't have to earn it. But Hebrews 5, 8, and 9 says, even though he was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. He learned obedience through hardship. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. So Jesus, even though he was a son, there was a learning process that the Lord had for him, that the father had for him, that was preparing him for his eternal destiny to rule the nations forever. You and I have an eternal destiny that God is preparing us for. Let's talk about God as a father. We love the love and the affection of God, and we rightly should. Many of us have just have grown up so broken by fatherlessness. Some of us have had fathers that were absent or that were passive, that didn't really train us, that didn't really teach us. They didn't teach us in the ways of the Lord. Sometimes they didn't even teach us just to be a responsible productive member of society (laughs) and and we just haven't learned basic things. And I mean, I meet people in their twenties, thirties, forties, and beyond that haven't learned just basic things about how to live your life as a responsible human being. Um, And it's, and it's, it's, it's not good. Um, They haven't been fathered. Um, Some of us have had fathers that that were present, but that were harsh and they took discipline and punishment. They were quick to anger. And they were harsh in their correction and their punishment. And it's broken us and it's skewed our image of God. So on one hand, you have those that have had the harsh, authoritative fathers that have spoken negatively, that have highlighted our weakness, that have shamed us um, in their attempts to correct us and to make us responsible. And it's broken our spirit. And then on the other hand, there's those that haven't been taught anything and they're walking around as eight-year-olds in a 30, 40, 50-year-old body. But healthy fathering includes a healthy balance of affectionate love and of godly discipline. Training. God's, the scripture is God-breathed, useful for correcting for rebuking, for training in righteousness. And if we want to walk as mature mature sons, we must embrace both the affectionate love. I am a child of God and, oh, Lord, yeah, I should probably stop doing that. Or, oh, yes, Lord, I should cultivate these good godly habits in my life. Or, oh, Lord, yes, I want to get in your word. Oh, I want to enjoy your presence. I want, oh, yes, I want to practice just the, the disciplines of, of the Sermon on the Mount. Because Jesus said, if you do these things, when the shaking comes, you won't be torn down. You won't, your, your house will not crumble. But if we don't embrace the words of Jesus, if we don't embrace his training, his God-breathed words to train us in righteousness, we will be tossed back and forth. And when the shaking comes, when shaking, and I'm talking about the, the end time shaking before the return of the Lord, but even the shakings that are happening today in our own lives, in our own nation, we will not stand. But let's be a people that build our house on a foundation that's strong. You know, poor fathering, it lacks one of these. It either strongly emphasizes affectionate love at the expense of training, of correcting, or on the other hand, it strictly enforces the even the Bible as the word of God and training and discipline at the expense of affectionate love. And 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 guys, I'm just so burdened for this because I see. The resistance to the, 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 the people that have only received affectionate love, then you've got people coming in like, no, God's a judge, God's a da-da-da-da, and they're laying down the law, and it's just like, and, it, and it, it, it makes people insecure in their relationship with the Lord. But then on the other hand, they've, 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 they've grown up, they're, they're just like, no, God's, I've, I've just gone through the discipline and correction my whole life, I can't believe God's like that, I'm going to embrace the affectionate love. And they don't mature because they don't let the word train them in righteousness, a father trains the sons that he loves. So, you know, I am not a father at this time. I'm an uncle. And I'm a pastor. And I've been pastoring for 10 years now. Been doing Encounter Jesus School the past eight years. And I tell you, like, I struggle because I, wanna, I want affectionate love, but I want to I train people. And when an issue comes up to the surface, I want to correct it in love, but I want to address it. Because if I don't, I'm really not serving this person. And the Holy Spirit, he sometimes, he comes and he just was like, he wants to pour out love, but then there's some things that he puts his hand upon something and you're like, oh God. (laughs) You know, and we want to embrace that. You know, Paul was not afraid to produce godly sorrow to the church in Corinth because he knew it would produce repentance. He knew it would line them back up. You know, I thought it was real interesting today that Tracy was just calling out for, for backs being healed in the spirit of might. I mean, I was praying those very things last night, didn't tell her. And I was just like, um, Lord, and I, as I was praying for today, I just, I, I just got this image of crooked backs. And I just asked the Lord, like, God, straighten our backs. Get us in alignment with your word. Come in Holy Spirit, chiropractor, and set us upright. We embrace it, it will produce a peaceful harvest of right living. God, I don't know what to do. I'm tossed back and forth. One way, one day I think I need to do this. The other day I think I need to do this. Get in the word. Let the word train you. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Obey him. When he brings up something, when he's trying to train you and saying, if you will cultivate these patterns and these lifestyles, it will help you. If Or if there's an issue to address and correct and you say, yes, Lord, I repent of that. We're going to get back in line. It will produce a peace. Oh, peace. Peaceful harvest of right living, of righteousness. It'll help you walk right. So so as pastors, as fathers, we may be imperfect. You know, it says in Hebrews, we do, they do the best they can, but we're imperfect. And in my imperfection, I've, I've hurt some hearts. I've, I've, been, I've been too strong sometimes on, hey, you got to get this issue in order. I've been too, too gushy on, oh, it's okay. And then people are walking like this. I'm just like, oh, I have just, I failed you, Lord. (laughs) You know, (laughs) help me help them. Help me help you. (laughs) You know, and so, and so I've got to seek this in prayer. Pastors, leaders, fathers, we've got to get on our knees and say, and we've got to embrace this as sons. We've got to embrace it in our lives from our heavenly father. But then we've got to seek his wisdom and counsel for our children for those that were leading in the Lord, those that were shepherding so that we can have both affectionate love and godly discipline to train them in righteousness. So what are some ways that God might discipline us, that he might teach us, that he might train us? First of all, page three, Roman numeral three. This isn't specifically addressed here in Hebrews, but I think it's worth mentioning is that he calls us to the spiritual disciplines, Oh, Lord, we're going to love that word. We're going to love the discipline of the Lord because he rebukes and he chastens, he disciplines those that he loves. So it's coming from a good and loving father. Holy Spirit, thank you. In this room right now, I'm just going to take a moment. Holy Spirit's doing something. Father, I thank you for a spirit of sonship in this room. I thank you for straightening our backs, God. I thank you for pouring out affectionate love. I thank you for training us in righteousness. Jesus name. Amen. So he calls us to spiritual disciplines, prayer, getting in the presence of God, cultivating a regular habit of being with him, meditation on the word. We get in this word, we read it, but we don't just read it or study it for intellectual purposes. We meditate on it. We chew it. We talk about it with God. God, you discipline those that you love. God, yes, Lord, you love me. So you're going to Teach me. You're going to train me. Show me what that means. Show me what that looks like for my life, Lord. And we speak it back to God in prayer. We ask God for revelation. We sing it to God. I love your discipline, O oh Lord. <laughs> no longer slaves, part two. <laughs> fasting. Jesus says, when you fast, fasting is to be a regular part. Of, of a spiritual discipline to train you to, uh, to sensitize your spirit, to hear from the Holy Spirit. And it's just one of those things like, God, how does this work? You know, and I, and I don't know all the mechanics of it, but there's this weird thing that when you stop eating and that hunger in your belly comes up, ah, <laughs> it produces a cry in your innermost being. And you're like, ah, I need a cheese, God. (laughs) I like cheese. (laughs) Whole 30 in January was rough, guys. (laughs) No no cheese. (laughs) But it does something in your innermost being that says, I need more cheese, Jesus. Jesus, 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 oh Lord, no, no, no. And you don't, the thing is you don't feel, it. all you feel is the cheese when you're fasting. But then after, you know, you get the ch- Jesus, you know, it just, it morphs somehow by the Holy Spirit microwave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> microwaves are good at changing the chemical makeup of what goes inside. Generosity, giving of our Uh, of our money, giving into the kingdom, giving to those in need, caring for others, confession of sin. You know, it's a spiritual discipline to confess sin. Because when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And if there is a confession of a sin pattern that keeps going on, God's heart is not to just get you, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all the time. It's to really, when you acknowledge it, you confess it, God, that was sin, I repent. And I ask you for your forgiveness, and the Lord comes and rushes in with forgiveness. He rushes in with a cleansing, and it breaks the power of condemnation and shame. And it actually starts to deliver you out of that cycle. And so you don't just confess, but you receive the forgiveness. You receive the mercy. You receive the washing and the cleansing. And it will train you in righteousness. And not only do you confess sin and and ask for forgiveness, but you forgive those that have offended you. Not fun all the time. Until we start growing in the power of how we've been forgiven. And then we say, Jesus, you showed mercy to me. I'm going to show mercy to this person. Keeping these spiritual disciplines in our lives in an intentional way is absolutely necessary to being trained as sons of the kingdom. Another way that God trains us, that disciplines us, is by not seeing what he said. So he spoke in the word of the Lord, and everything around us is screaming the opposite. But God, you said in your word, but God, I've received this prophetic word for the 10th time. <laughs> I even just, you know, shredded all of my prophetic words and was like, I don't want anything to do with them. I come to a meeting and the prophet guy calls me out and says da, 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 and they're like ah here it is again you know and, and and so you're just you don't see it but faith is the assurance of things hoped for the things based on the word on the promise of God and the conviction, the evidence of things not seen don't see them but God your word is true. that's faith and that not only that but God, I don't see it in front of me, but I see what your word has said. So I'm going to act and I'm going to respond accordingly. What do I do, Holy Spirit? What does faith look like for me right now? What does believing this look like for me? And so we, we, when this is happening, when we're not seeing, what do we do? What do we do when the circumstances is coming against us with the opposite? We do what Abraham did. Romans chapter 4, 17 through 21, that he was promised a son, and looking at his body, though good is dead, he didn't waver in unbelief. He didn't go back and forth. He said, God, your word is true. He was strengthened in faith, and he gave glory to God. Strengthened in faith, gave glory to God. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Let's get teaching about the goodness of Jesus. Let's get teaching about the words of Jesus. Let's start hearing the words of Jesus. Let's start speaking them out and confessing it. And not only confessing it and agreeing with it, but thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you that you promised me this. Thank you that you said this and that it's true. I may not see it, but God, your word is true. And sometimes there's disappointment and sometimes we pour that out. I mean, David gets in the Psalms and he's just like, God, you promised this, you promised that, but it's not happening. What's wrong, God? What do you do like me anymore? You know, it's kind of dramatic. I'm like, whoa, this is in the Bible. Um, But what we've got to do is we pour out that hurt, that disappointment, and that those questions, we've got to give the Holy Spirit time to respond. We've got to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I've had my bit. What do you have to say? And we wait, we listen, and we land on his word. God, here's what you've said. Get people around you to stand with you. Another thing he does is he highlights sin or hindrances, good or bad, can be good things, or or it can be bad things, hindrances, or even good things. Things that are hindering us that we need to lay aside. Jesus said the desires for other things choke up the word on the inside of us. If God's putting his finger on a sin, definitely get rid of it. Because it's like, oh, you know, it's just this, just that. No, sin easily entangles and ensnares you. So don't leave room for it in your life. Holy Ghost, come, search me, try me, test me. Try my anxious thoughts. See if there be any way in me that offends you, Psalm 139. And lead me in the everlasting way. Anything. God, and David, Lord, expose the things I can't see, the hidden faults. And it's, it's not so God just pointing out all the bad things. It's like, God, I, don't, I want so much closeness and connection with you. Lord, please reveal, remove anything that's keeping me from there. And, so, and, and, and I think it's important to ask God that, to search us, to know us, not in, a, in an anxious way. And the Holy Spirit's really good. The Holy Spirit knows what he needs to deal with right now. Now, most people, if I ask them, what's the Holy Spirit highlighting on you right now? They, they, a lot of them already know. <laughs> the conviction's there. If you don't know, just, you know, let him bring it up when he's ready to bring it up. Don't worry, oh, there's something wrong. Just submit your heart. Holy Spirit, here I am. I'm laying my heart bare before you. Let's see what he says. And the Holy Spirit has to be the one to reveal this. I, had a, I heard of a friend of a friend that the Lord had him fast from showering for a month. It's like, well, that's very interesting. Glad he's a friend of a friend. <laughs> it lives out of state, praise the Lord. <laughs> And I'm just like, you know, and I challenge, I'm like, you know, it says in the Bible that when you fast, you're supposed to wash your face and anoint your head with oil. Like you need to look good and smell good if you're fasting. That's what Jesus says. (laughs) Uh, But I learned that this guy, I mean, showered multiple, multiple times a day, three, four, five, six times a day. And it was a a germ phobia thing and it was an image thing. And the Lord was like, I'm going to take this away for a month. And, and, it, and it, it helped break him of that. So, the Holy Spirit's still telling Matthew to shower. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Hear from the Holy Ghost. Um, he allows us to experience rejection, false accusation, persecution from friends, family, coworkers, even leaders in the church. And this is difficult. Especially when we're experiencing it from other believers. I mean, we, we live in a fallen, broken world. So we live around all these broken people. So naturally, broken people are going to be imperfect and they're going to wound us. They're going to hurt us. They're going to offend us. Um, naturally, the, the system of this age of the world is hostile against God. And that when we say yes to Jesus, and not only say yes to Jesus, like, yeah, you know, I pray the prayer, I sang the song. But like, I'm yes, in the sense of, I'm going I'm to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to walk in your footsteps. We start to experience a little heat that some people, even well-meaning believers, start questioning and challenging the decisions that we're making. You're too radical. You're too this. You're too that. You're too fanatic. And, and I, I definitely think there are times where people do need to be kind of brought back in because they're like, ah, you know, they're just going all over the place. A lot of zeal, not a lot of wisdom. And so wisdom is helpful, but don't let that quench that, don't let it put out that fire on the inside of you. Love rebuke, love correction. If someone's like, hey, you know, here's a more biblical way to express that zeal, be like, yes, you know, and go in, you know, <laughs> go for it. Don't let them keep that fire from being bright, and big on the inside of your heart. So, I don't believe that this passage is talking about God inflicting sickness on people. I just wanna be clear on that. Now we hear it a lot like, oh, I've got this sickness. God's teaching me something. Oh, like so-and-so got cancer. God must be teaching them something. Beloved, I just, I mean, it says share in the sufferings of Jesus and Jesus, the sufferings that he experienced was rejection and persecution for obeying the will of his father, not cancer and not disease. But if we're in that, we still want to submit to training in the sense that here's what I'm seeing. But I want to be strengthened in faith and give glory to God on what he said. The Lord, by his stripes, I am healed. He has borne my sickness in his body on the cross. By his stripes, I am healed. And We want to confess our, that word. And that is how God takes a, a, an infirmity in your body and uses, turns it together for your good. Is It strengthens you in faith and produces you giving more glory to God. It's not him inflicting you with that sickness... We could talk all about that for a whole day. Um, I had a lot more on that, but um, we're not, we don't have time to go there today. But, but, but what I'm trying to say, here's what we're talking about here. These guys in, the, in the, the Hebrews was, the letter of Hebrews was written to persecution, suffering. They were following Jesus and it was costing them some friendships. It was costing them popularity. It was costing them property and it was costing not their lives, but some were being thrown into prison. So a lot was happening. We're going to go through the next section. A little bit to say here on the next few verses, and we're going to pick up next week. Hebrews 12, 12, uh, uh, 12 to 18. In light of this discipline that produces sonship, embracing this, that that here's the appeal that the writer of Hebrews makes in verse 12. As you, in, oops, Sorry. That was verse seven, verse 12. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Work at living with peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Making sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn for his son for a single meal. You know that afterward that he was granted his father's blessing. When he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. So this is this is an intense um, little passage here. But the appeal is pursue peace and holiness. Pursue peace with people and pursue holiness. See these things have to be pursued. Um, pursuing peace looks like forgiving people. Pursuing peace looks like if someone, if you know you've offended someone, then going and apologizing and admitting that fault. Be the one that does that. Don't, don't have to them be the one that comes and do it to, to come and say, hey, you know, you did this and it really hurt. You know, <laughs> sometimes that happens. We're a family. And sometimes we, we think it's easier because we to, to just go solo with the Lord. It's like, man, I've been in the church. I've been so hurt by the church. I'm just going to go me and Jesus. No, you go, you follow the head, you get his body too. And we want to pursue peace, to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Because there's, when there's peace amongst the people of God, there is an anointing of the spirit that flows more powerfully in your life and in the entire church. And so there's this wrestle of pursuing holiness. You know, Hebrews, we learn that we are holy, but now we're being told to pursue holiness. How does that work? Hebrews 10, verse 10. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once for all time. Verse 14. In your notes on page five, for by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. So we are holy in the sense that we have been washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We can boldly come into the most holy place because Jesus has cleansed us, not only our bodies, but he's cleansed our inner manna, cleansed us of an evil conscience so that we can serve the living God. So as, as holy people, we can come in and, and be and enjoy the presence of God. But in the in being made holy, we're renewing our minds to conform to the will of God. We're being trained in righteousness. And I think about it this way as a marriage. When you are married, you are united with that person. One flesh. What God has joined together, let no man separate. And so in marriage, a covenant of marriage, there is a divine act of union between that man and that woman. And they are one flesh. And it says when we join ourselves to the Lord, we are one spirit with him. So there's a similar joining going on. But in a marriage, you're, you're one, but you're being made one over time as you're learning each other's desires and dreams and hopes and, and even weaknesses and, and how, to, how to love each other and that, how to walk together as one and not divide it. And that takes time. That takes intentionality. That takes, that takes forgiveness. And that takes mercy. And that takes gentleness. And that takes, that takes preferring one another. And so we become more one over time. In the same way with our relationship with the Lord. We're, we are holy. We are one with God. But we are being made more one as we are growing in the likeness of God. Having our minds renewed to discern what is the good, pleasing, and acceptable will of God. Romans 12. Two. So... When we don't pursue these things actively, when we don't pursue peace with all people actively, we risk the danger of a root of bitterness getting in that defiles many people. How do I get rid of that bitterness? Forgive. Speak their name aloud. Forgive. Forgive. Pursue peace with all men. When we don't Actively pursue holiness when it's not an intention. We, and and here's, here's, I'll tell you how to do it in a minute. But when we don't actively do it, we run the risk of, 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 of indulging, of, of, of trading what God has for us for these passing pleasures of sin. Esau is given as a sobering example of someone that had an inheritance And that traded that inheritance to relieve temporal discomfort and satisfy temporal pleasure. We want to keep that inheritance in front of us. We want to remember who we are as sons. We want to declare it boldly. We're not earning our sonship. We're not earning holiness. We've been made sons. We've been made holy, but we want to be matured as sons. We want to be matured in our holiness to discern the will of God, to walk in the ways of God, to be trained by God, to embrace his teaching as a loving father, and to, and, and to walk out, to, to be able to steward the fullness of our inheritance. Well, how do I do that? We, just what Hebrews 12 tells us. We think about Jesus. Think about what it looked like for Jesus. Okay, he's a son, but when things got hard, what did he do? He had a joy set before him. He thought of his inheritance, and he said he despised the shame. That he says, you know what? It's, it, it may hurt when I go for it, when I, when I say yes to God and I keep pursuing this inheritance. People aren't liking me. Things are, are painful, and people, even my friends, are, are wounding me. But I'm fixing my eyes on what God has set for me. And I'm saying, whatever that feeling that makes me feel for pursuing God, I'm rejecting it. I'm saying, no, that's not going to dictate my decisions. Think of Jesus. Let go of the sin that so easily entangles and whatever hindrance, whatever God puts his finger on, he says, let go of that and it will bring you more. I am pruning you. I'm pruning things out of your life, not because I'm mad at you, but because I want you to grow. And God's, he's taken the sword of the spirit right now, guys. And he is cutting off some dead branches in our lives. And we want to say, yes, God, God, You're doing this because you love me. I embrace it. We embrace that discipline that he gives us. We strengthen in faith. We confess the word. We sing to God. We pour out our hearts. Everything we've gone over, this is how we grow in these things. This is how we mature as sons. Let's stand. I can a worship team come up. You know, we pick up next week, but what what this chapter ends with, is that God is shaking everything that can be shaken. God's shaking heaven, he's shaking earth. He's shaking some stuff out of our lives because he wants us unshakable. He wants us to trust in the kingdom and not in the ways of the world. He wants us to trust in his way of doing things, not our own. Not not the world's way of doing things. I really wanna get in the Holy Spirit's program for my life and the Holy Spirit's discipline and his training and the path that he set before me. This isn't, this isn't a, 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 you gotta get in this law or it's gonna go bad for you, it's, it's embrace my ways because all of my paths are peace. It's, there's, a, there's life that I, that I have for you. My words are spirit and they're life. And sometimes I, 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 I address things in your life because I love you and I want you to grow. And some of us today, we we we've we've said yes to God, but we, we need some strength in our inner man today. See, God's producing an unshakable people, and what we need to be unshaken is we need to boldly receive the affectionate love of our Father, boldly sing. I am a child of God. Boldly sing, God, you are for me, not against me. Boldly sing, I've been made holy by the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I am accepted, I am forgiven, I am loved. We've gotta soak that in day and night. And we've also gotta submit to his training. We've gotta submit to his word. We've gotta submit to the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. We've gotta let go of those desires for other things. Hebrews 12, verse 12. So take a new grip with your tired hands. Strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. So I want to pray over you today because I think there are a number of people that really truly have said yes to God. And we had, I had proof of it from just last week. A whole lot of you came up here. You let go of things. You said yes again. But I really want to make a call specifically today for those of said, God, I'm saying yes. I say yes to your affectionate love. I say yes to your godly discipline in my life. But I need some strength today in my inner man, God. I, I felt weak. I felt like I need, I need some wisdom. I need a word. I need the comfort and presence of the Holy Spirit. God, I'm saying yes, but I'm asking you to strengthen me today. If that's you, I want to invite you to come up and I want to pray specifically for you first. to invite our altar team to come up to, lay hands on people, pray over them, prophesy over them as you get a word. Give a couple of moments for others to come up that want to come up. Can receive prayer first. If you're on altar team and you need prayer, you can stay in the line. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Well, Father, I thank you for each one of these. I thank you for the yes in their hearts right now. I thank you that they're saying yes to your, your fatherly affectionate love right now. And Lord, I pray for those that need to be strengthened in that manner. You just come and strengthen them. Affirm who they are as a son, as a daughter, as an heir of the kingdom. They've said yes, Lord, to your correction, to your training in righteousness. And I thank you, God, that you're straightening their backs right now. I just prophesy to you that the Holy Spirit is coming right now. The hand of the Lord is coming. And he is straightening every crooked back. He is strengthening every... He is is setting straight every crooked path. I thank you, Father. And I ask you right now, the spirit of might that spirit of strength to come and rush in over each one that has come up here today. Come and rush in, Holy Spirit. Come and rush in with power. Strengthen them, Father, with power through your Spirit in their innermost being. Set their back straight. Set their hearts in alignment with the Word of God. Tell them who they are. Wash over them with your affection, Lord. And strengthen them, God. Strengthen them as they've let go of things. Strengthen them to walk, not by might or by power, but by your spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I just invite you to tell the Lord today. You can say this in your own words. I'm not gonna have you do an out loud repeat after me, but I do want you to to say something out loud to the Lord, just in your own whisper of your heart. You say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm gonna keep going. I set my heart to go on the path that you've laid out for me. I set my heart to keep believing you when I don't see. I set my heart to keep letting go of sin and of any hindrance that's keeping me from moving forward, moving faster. I set my heart to look at Jesus to pursue peace and holiness. I'm asking you, Lord, to strengthen me right now. Ask him to strengthen you. Ask him to send the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. Release your strength and your comfort over me today, Father. In Jesus' name. Those that are still in your chairs, I just would like your help for a moment. If you'll just stretch out your hands to each person up here. we got the whole body operating here. And just pray for a release of strength. I'm going to pray again, but you just pray in your own words for each person up here. Father, we thank you again for these up front. Strengthen them with the power of your Holy Spirit. Strengthen them, God. Every weak knee, we prophesy strength right now in Jesus' name. Every crooked back, we say come into alignment right now. Line up with the Word of God. Line up with the purpose of God over your life. Come, Holy Spirit. Release your strength over them now in Jesus' name. (laughs) agli altri agli altri agli altri I just want to pray over everyone in this room. God, I thank you for every son, for every daughter that's standing in this room today. And I ask God just for a refreshing of your strength. I ask God for that fatherly affection to pour out over their hearts. God, I thank you that you're restoring over them just what broken fathers have, have, have done in their weakness and their imperfection. You're a perfect Father, and I just thank you, God. I thank you for these strong men and women of God. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of them. And I just prophesy, I just thank you, Lord, that you're going to release strength through their hands. And God, I just start, I start seeing, I'm starting to see some of you even now, just like God, even over this next week, God's saying, will you be a vessel of strength? Will you be a vessel of a word of encouragement? Will you be a vessel of just even saying a simple prayer for someone in weakness today? And I just see the Lord just uh, just using you guys right now over this next week um, to release that over someone. Some it'll be simple ways, some the Lord's just really gonna set up a real clear divine appointment. And I just thank you, Lord. Just thank you, Lord. And I just even want to prophesy right now over my own parents, over Blake and mom, Blake and Pam, that's them over there. Um, I just see the Lord um, using your hands to really strengthen broken hearts. And to, and to lift people up back into faith. And I just feel like what the Lord was doing in your guys' house years ago, just, just ministering to hearts and ministering to families, the Lord is starting to restore that to you. And the Lord is, is just, he's bringing peace in your home and that your home is going to be a place of peace for everyone that walks in. Just a rush of the peace of the Lord is going to start coming in. So, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for my mom. I thank you for Blake. Um, thank you. Lord, for how you're going to use them to release peace and release your strength and release your word over people in Jesus' name. And ma'am, what is your name in the blue here? Yes. Susan. 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 Yes. Susan. Susan. Lord, I thank you for Susan. I thank you for the joy in her life. I thank you for the joy of the Lord that's releasing strength from her innermost being and that God, is just a flood of joy coming out. And I, I thank you, Lord, um, just for uh, even just as you pray over people and just and just laughing start. You just start to laugh and you start to bring joy to their hearts. And I just see just a just a, a wisdom over you. I thank you, God, for the wisdom that she walks in. And I thank you, Lord, that she, you just the Lord says you're an intercessor, and I'm expanding the territory of intercession. And I just saw you like praying over a certain region, but the Lord is expanding. The the, um, the the level of, of prayer in your life, the, 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 the influence, the area that will be impacted through your intercession. Some of it, the Lord is going to be um, um, highlighting to pray over um, other things that you weren't praying for before, but I think more so even the things that you have been praying for, you're going to start to see an increase in impact over those very things that so you're going to see those people and those things that you're praying for, ministries that God's put on your heart, you're going to see an increase in their influence. And so I thank you, God, just giving... Um, just zeroing in on the target of prayer, knowing exactly what to pray for, exactly what to release and that God, you're just seeing just what, what one prayer, the influence that, that, that a, a prayer seemed to have over this past 10 years, that God, you're, you're just expanding it tenfold. I thank you Lord for that, for Susan in Jesus' name. Sir here in the black polo, what is your name? Julian? Jordan. 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 Holy Spirit, thank you for Jordan. I thank you for this man, the spirit of might in this man. I thank you, Lord, for his word of exhortation. The Lord has given you a gift of exhortation, Jordan. And I just see young men just coming up and learning to walk as, 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 as mature sons. I see young men, I just see the Lord. Um, man, you just, we really have such a father's heart. And there's something even from your own father. There's something... That the Lord is just like a mantle that God is a a, a gifting that God's putting on you that he walked in. And I think it has to do with the preaching of the word. Is there, I feel like there's a line of ministry somehow in your family. Was was anyone in your family um, ministers of the gospel? No, nobody. Okay. Okay, well, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing for Jordan. This man's gonna take your word. And he's going to eat it and he's going to declare it to young men. And I thank you, God, what you're doing in Jordan's family right now. And I just also, I see a regathering in your family. I see family members that have even just physically moved out to different places that God is just bringing them back together, almost like a family reunion right now. But God has just made you an instrument of unity in your family. And God has made you a voice in your family. And I just see you helping reconcile members of your family because there's something about your family unit that's so strong as it moves together. And God is gonna, God has them maybe in different places, but as they come together, I just see like a family gathering coming up soon and the Holy Spirit just like giving you something to pray for, giving things to speak to specific family members for. Um, and um, and I just, um, I keep feeling like a, a younger brother is highlighted right now. That, um, that you're restoring him back to the Lord um, and you're also just restoring his, uh, in, being instrumental in restoring his relationship with, you, with, um, with your parents. Does that resonate with you? Is that, you have a younger brother? You have a little nephew. Okay. That happens sometimes. I get like, I see a son or I see a brother and it's someone that's like a son or that's like a brother. Um, so what's his name? Oh, awesome. Okay, okay. So either I'm seeing way down the line or we're talking about older brother here. So <laughs> Lord, I just pray for Jordan. I pray for his brother right now. God, I pray that you would um, strengthen that man by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray God for, his, for Jordan and his family. God, to move as one. Lord, I thank you that you are um, bringing family members back together and that Lord, how you're gonna use Jordan. I pray you bless him today in Jesus' name. Yeah, Autumn, I have a word for you too. Yeah. Yeah, I see. just see the Lord using you through writing. I just see this writing. Yes, writing. Writing. Yes, I do. I see the Lord using you to write. Yes. Yeah. So a graphic designer, but I see you writing. And I just see, I see something about, um, Starting as personal prayers, but I see like the Lord, um, I see even more than that too for you. I, I even think like a, a sort of like writing, writing words of encouragement to people right now are just gonna be released over people. But God, there's, there's something writing more than just a encouragement, that's gonna happen as you're writing notes to people, but there's something of writing. And I think that there's coming a time where there's there's, there's official writing, that there's publication. And, there's something, and just, I see this spring on the inside of you starting to come out through writing. Um, altar team to come up to you. Lay hands on people. Pray over them. Prophesy over them as you get a word. Give a couple of moments for others to come up that want to come up. you're on altar team and you need prayer, you can stay in the line. (laughs) (laughs) Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each one of these. I thank you for the yes in their hearts right now. I thank you that they're saying yes to your your fatherly affectionate love right now. Lord, I pray for those that need to be strengthened in that manner, you just come and strengthen them. Affirm who they are as a son, as a daughter, as an heir of the kingdom. They've said yes, Lord, to your correction, to your training in righteousness. And I thank you, God, that you're straightening their backs right now. I just prophesy to you that the Holy Spirit is coming right now. The hand of the Lord is coming and he is straightening every crooked back. He is strengthening every, he is is setting straight every crooked path. I thank you, Father, and I ask you right now, the spirit of might that spirit of strength to come and rush in over each one that has come up here today. Come and rush in, Holy Spirit. Come and rush in with power. Strengthen them, Father, with power through your Spirit in their innermost being. Set their backs straight. Set their hearts in alignment with the Word of God. Tell them who they are. Wash over them with your affection, Lord. And strengthen them, God. Strengthen them as they've let go of things. Strengthen them to walk, not by might or by power, but by your Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit. If you've been inspired by this message, we invite you to partner with us by visiting storehousedallas.com forward slash give.